0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy July, everyone, and welcome back to another Six Rings and Football Things football Patriots football NFL football is right around the corner coaches are returning to Gillette Stadium rookies are about to report and we go back to the offices of Gillette Stadium to bring back our friend Paul perillo from Patriots unfiltered patriots.com, whatever the hell else he does I he's got his, he's got his, if you're watching on the video he's got his Patriots uh, Hall of Fame shirt on so he's proud member of the group that continues to make sure Wes Welker, Bill Parcells, and others never have a shot at sniffing induction. He should be uh, quite, quite proud of himself. I'm Andy Hart. He is Paul Perillo. The boys are back together, and we're going to jump right into it. Paul Perillo, DeAndre Hopkins is a member of the Tennessee Titans. First word you would use to describe the way that DeAndre Hopkins' courtship and signing elsewhere played out.
1: Disappointing. I, I thought, um, like everybody else, right after minicamp, when they had the meeting here, uh, I thought there was momentum building toward uh, a, a un- like a, a signing that was going to be imminent. I, I felt like, I think it was a Thursday, Andy, when they had the meeting here at Gillette Stadium. I felt Friday morning when I woke up, I was going to be reading on Twitter that um, you know he was signed, sealed, and delivered. Matthew Judon taking the pictures with him in the locker room. Once that weekend came and went and nothing uh happened, uh I, I then sort of went my 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 typical cynical New England way and I, I grew concerned. I felt like if if the offer was suitable for DeAndre Hopkins, he would have signed. Um so I, I I got concerned then. Um now to be honest, I kind of thought that Hopkins was holding out for a better team to maybe rise up a little bit closer, you know, bridge that gap a little bit, but doesn't seem like that ever developed. And it's disappointing that a team like Tennessee, which I think is in a very similar spot as New England, you know has a lot of questions, certainly not a uh, prohibitive playoff favorite by anybody. They're able to give you more money than than the Patriots wanted to give. That to me like the money that that was reported to me uh, should not have been a deterrent to make this signing. So disappointment would be my one word.
0: Okay, and you bring up the money, um, and w- you said the pay- more than the Patriots wanted to give, I think that's quite clear. They could have given whatever the hell they wanted. They could have bested this offer. So why do we read the tea leaves? Why is DeAndre Hopkins not a member of the Pages? I think we look at Bill Belichick clearly has some sort of affinity for the guy. Um, they clearly have a need at the position. They could he would be the number one wide receiver on this team. I don't care about his age or what you think he might have lost a step or whatever. I mean, the guy was one of the most productive per game players in the NFL at the position a year ago when he returned from suspension. So why did they not do I, I know you people and your radio station, you got to blame somebody. So you, mean you people, I, you know what I mean? Um So I, do I blame Robert Kraft? Do I blame Bill Belichick? Is this a money thing? Is this just bill put a value on a player like he always has and always will. And I'm not going to budge from that. Is it PTSD at the position from the mishaps with you know, pass catchers named Nelson Aguilar and Jonu Smith, and even going back to Antonio Brown and Mohamed Sanu and these guys, is he just not willing to go there for this guy?
1: Well, I'm I'm not sure it's as much about that latter part as the the first part that you said about kind of setting his ways. And, And there were a couple of things that unfolded in this that can really concern me moving forward. And that is, uh, in the immediate aftermath of the meeting, I, I, I believe Adam Schefter on ESPN was talking about this on NFL Live. Uh, and sort of the way he said it was, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but uh, keep in mind that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is set to make about $9 million this season. I think it's closer to ten, but whatever. And he's the highest paid receiver on the Patriots roster. And I took that as, and he didn't say it, but I took that as an inference that no one's going higher than him, and that's always the way Belichick has sort of set up his salary structure. Like he he has a a number in mind, and everybody makes less than, less than that. Otherwise, I think he looks at it and says, "If I give more than that, then maybe you know this guy is upset or that guy is upset." Not shortly, uh, not long after that, uh, Devontae Parker, you know, he he was. I don't know if you were with us the, the day of tra- uh, at at mini camp, Andy, when. Parker was asked specifically about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. All of the other players that were asked about it were very enthusiastic in their responses, not Parker. And you can understand why. There's similar kind of skill sets. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people felt like if Hopkins came, it would be bad news for Parker at the very least for his role. If he stayed, his role may have been diminished. So then all of a sudden he gets an extension. So, I wonder if maybe Belichick was thinking in terms of, well, I can't disrupt the the, the salary structure within that wide receiver. room. that's very disappointing to me because I don't think anybody here would argue that Hopkins is not at a level significantly higher than any of the players that are on his current roster. And, and if you just want to look at it from a pure number perspective, Juju Smith-Schuster signs for about $8.5 million on an average annual value. Um, and he signs as a traditional unrestricted free agent right at the start of the new league year back in the middle of March, if DeAndre Hopkins were, were available in the middle of March, he would have been the most highly one of the most highly sought-after free agents on the market, and he would have gotten a, a huge deal, much bigger than this. He still got an average annual value of $13 million, which is significantly higher than what your guy got at the start of free agency. So that's what the league thinks of him. They think of these two guys not really being all that comparable. So it's disappointing to me. I wonder if maybe Bill was thinking in terms of that kind of structure which we know from from the past with Brady. Obviously with Brady it was easy to do because he was so much you know above and beyond anybody else on your roster, but I don't think you need to do that with a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster and I wonder if it's just that's the way he does his economics and he's going to stick with it.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's unfortunate because I think you're right. I mean If he's saying, well, this is the number we're putting at the top of the wide receiver depth chart and we're not going above it, I think immediate D-hop goes, well, then you got no shot of landing me because I'm above that. I'm better than all y'all in there. And you can do whatever you want with that information, doubt it, question it, whatever. Uh, But let's rotate it forward. And it is with great hurt that I'm going to ask you this question because I'm quite sure you didn't see the headline or story I posted uh, earlier in the week. But I posted what I think you will do a good job of interpreting my headline after Hop signed, was post Hop Patriots have nothing but potential at wide receiver. And I think it's a headline that, depending on your perspective, can be read in multiple ways. And I kind of meant it in both ways, actually. I mean, I do think they have the optimistic reading of that headline. They have some potential. If you get the best out of the guys that are on the depth chart, I think you're good enough. If you get the best, Devontae Parker, which is whatever, 1,400 yards or 1,200 yards, if you get the best of Juju Smith-Schuster, which is 1,200 yards, if you get the best of a second-round, second-year player in Taekwon Smith, who, I mean, Taquan Thornton, who the f- is Taekwon Smith? <laughs> uh, Taquan Thornton, like, that's a second-round pick who was the fastest guy at his position. There should be potential and upside there, Kendrick Bourne. But the flip side is, I think you have nothing but potential. I don't know what you can count on. If you're Mac Jones, if you're Bill O'Brien and say this, this guy I know does this, no matter what the date, no matter what the defense, no matter what the corner, which is closer do you think to reality? The optimistic reading of the potential at the position or the pessimistic, which would say, well, you're also like um, a couple pulled hammies away from having uh, Malik Cunningham as your number three receiver.
1: Yeah, and that's where I land. You know, closer to the pessimistic side, but not necessarily no. because. But it's you, not. It's, you, this is this is going to be different you. for you. You're going to be surprised. I'm going to I'm going to surprise you. So, I'm disappointed that they didn't sign Hopkins because I think that would have given them a number one receiver. However, I don't think that that would have just automatically lifted this offense to championship caliber and and put them in the mix to really change significantly their outlook this season. So I'm not like you know sort of devastated about this whole thing. However, I do think that they have more talent at these, what I'm really tired of Andy, and you'll know that because I get a little bit defensive with the Mac Jones apologists, I'm a little tired of, you gotta just find out about Mac Jones. They have players on the roster that are gonna make it ca- more than capable of finding out if Mac Jones can play. If Mac Jones can't find ways to complete passes to the guys that you just talked about that are, that have good solid NFL backgrounds, They're not stars, okay? But those top three guys have all contributed in the NFL. Thornton we don't know about yet as the fourth guy. But the other three guys have had good seasons. There's no reason why Mac Jones can't make it work with what he has. Now, make it work, average 35 points a game, and compete with Kansas City for one of the best offenses in football? Probably not, no. But there's enough here to be competitive. So I'm not necessarily pessimistic on what they have. I'm pessimistic on the injury history of what they have. And that's what would really worry me if I were Bill Belichick. Is I think while you have a bunch of two slash three receivers and Bourne and Parker and, and Juju, I I think they also all come with significant question marks. And, and Tyquan Thornton comes with a significant health question mark as well, being sort of banged up twice now in a year plus uh as an NFL player. So if everybody were out there, if all four of those receivers are out there healthy and contributing, the two tight ends are healthy and contributing, and Ramondre Stevenson, I think you have a, a serviceable offense. I just I would really worry about how many times you're gonna have that core of skill guys
0: healthy and productive. So I'm gonna pull a uh and we know Fred Kirsch, would call him your guy. I'm going to pull a uh, Mike Felger and I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to answer it before you get to, and then you can answer. That's the way the business does this these days. Um He now who? calls them my shows, by the way, your shows. Oh, your shows. Okay. My I don't shows. listen to your shows. Never. I'm responsible. Oh, yeah, your, your been...
1: show is my shows too. Oh,
0: They're okay. all, They're my all shows. your shows. They're all my shows. The king of content, Paul Pirillo. Um, So if I made you pick, because you know my theory, there's number one receivers and there's receivers that end up as number ones and Not even close to the same. Not even close. Um, Who ends up as the Patriots' number one receiver this year? Not running back, not pass catcher, not Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki. I am going to answer it with, and I'm probably too optimistic on this guy. Some of it is based on the way the last year plus has played out. Some of it is based on just, I don't know. I don't know what it's based on. I don't trust the other guys. Uh, Kendrick Bourne. I think Kendrick Bourne and what I saw in the spring to me, looked like they have an intention to get the ball in Bourne's hands, maybe in some unique ways, maybe in some different ways, maybe in some of those optimistic, poor man's Debo Samuel kind of ways. And I just look at the other guys. I don't trust their injury history. Like this whole Juju Smith-Schuster still dealing with a knee injury, and now it's like this grand, awesome thing that he's going to be ready to start (laughs) camp. no, 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 I don't feel great about that, that it's even a conversation at this point. So Kendrick Bourne, I think Kendrick Bourne is ready to be. Now, what that is, if that's like his first year and it's only, you know, 800 yards, I don't know. That may end up being your number one receiver. It wouldn't stun me, though, if Kendrick Bourne is a thousand yard receiver in Bill O'Brien's new offense. Agree? Disagree? Hate the idea?
1: Yeah, I think you could make an argument for any of those three guys. Uh, I'm going to go with Juju just because I think he has the probably the most consistent track record of receptions. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I could I could definitely see it coming together for Bourne. What I worry about with with him is he just feels to me too erratic, um, you know, mentally, emotionally off the field. And I think there are going to be times where that's going to come back and haunt him. We saw that last year a lot. You know, he would make a couple of catches here, and then you'd be like, oh, this is what it looks like when Kendrick Bourne's involved in the offense. Then you'll go the next two games and not really even see him. So that would worry me about him. Obviously, the injuries would worry me about Parker and, and Juju, but I think Juju was a guy that can be like Jacoby Myers. I think they're very similar players. I think Smith Schuster is probably, I mean, definitely at his best. He's a better player than Myers, but I don't think he's been at his best since 2018. Last year, they had virtually identical numbers, and I and I could see him, I could see him putting up numbers similar to that. You know, maybe 70 catches you know, eight eight or 900 yards th- I don't think there's going to be a thousand yard receiver um, this year, but Juju will be my pick to be the number one receiver.
0: Okay. As we uh, wrap up this first segment of a mid July, no Fitzy, no problem. Thank God he's on vacation edition <laughs> of six rings and football things with Paul Perillo. We're going to transition to a little running back talk, which is sort of tied into D hop that we just talked about because the other marquee fun, free agent that's out there. Dalvin cook has been, I guess loosely tied to the Patriots. Now this week there was a, a swapping of the the numbers out of Vegas. The Patriots become the favorite to sign Dalvin Cook. You have Michael Lombardi, who's the fob of all fobs, and I'm not talking about starting your car, just bending over backwards to rip the Titans for signing D Hop in that situation, and his bent over backwards to say Dalvin Cook is the better fit for the Patriots. I don't, I don't know that I really get that, even though I see the lack of depth at running back. He would be your backup running back, in my opinion, even though I, I think Ramondre is your ascending star. D Hop is, I mean, uh, Dalvin Cook is your descending, you know, is he getting old? How much does he have left talent from another team? Do you think D- Dalvin Cook is a possibility for the Patriots? Do you think he fits the need as much as Michael Lombardi seems to? Like, what what's your take on this whole Dalvin Cook? The Patriots are the favorite to sign him story.
1: I, I do have a take. It's a little different than than most. I think the whole Vegas odds for players, when was the last time you saw a significant player since these odds now have become a big thing that the Patriots weren't really high up on the list. Right. I think they completely cater to an area of the country that they know is so passionate about their sports teams and so passionate about betting that they they go right into it. And they just look at it and say, Oh, they didn't get Hopkins. Let's just raise those numbers up for Cook. I, I I never say 0.0. You know that. Almost never will I say never. This is as close to 0% for me. And you can have me on your podcast the next time, after after the day after Cook uh, signs, and you can say, you said never. Like, I just don't see it. I think they do need a backup running back, Andy. I don't think Dalvin Cook thinks he's a backup running back, so I don't see him signing here as one. Um, I could see a Leonard Fournette, who the Patriots have kicked the tires on in the past, coming in for a couple of million and, you know, maybe serving that role. They definitely need somebody. I would like to see them in a perfect world. Just sort of rip the Band-Aid off and and admit that this is a, a team that's sort of in transition. They're trying to rebuild to something. Find out what you have in Kevin Harris. Can he be your backup running back? And, you know, ride Stevenson. Let, let Kevin Harris get the between-the-tackles backup role. Let Pierre Strong take the James White role. Ty Montgomery is still here to sort of fill in as needed as a depth guy in the backfield or in wide receiver. Just go with it. Like, stop trying to put Band-Aids on all of these things and, and plug the holes. I, I think that they need a young nucleus, Andy, to build around that they got through the draft. And then you have to figure out which ones of those guys you think are part of your core going forward. Kyle Duggar. Michael, you, whichever guys that you decide. And then two years from now, instead of having a, a team right now, they have nobody under contract really moving forward other than the draft picks. Two years from now you have 10, 12, 15 guys that have been on your team for five plus years. And now you have something and see if you can move forward with that. I just do not see cook. I, I think he's a great player. You know, I love him. I always have out of Florida state. I think he's a really solid running back. I don't see the Patriots being the ones to give him 8 ten million $9, $10 million to come in and share time with Stevenson. They can't both play at the same time. To me, it doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I love him. Um, I mean, I think if you sort of went in a certain direction, maybe you could talk yourself into it and you have the money, as we talked about, to sign pretty much anybody you want if you wanted to sign him and give him the money. And I am with you now. I don't know how much uh, they are in, because certainly this transitions to our next idea, general running back topic of what's going on. But, you know, they've done the draft running backs. They don't play or they play very little. And then the next year they evolve into roles. I don't know how comfortable, confident they are with Kevin Harris. They haven't done anything in pads yet. I thought he looked good in a non-padded environment. I mean, he's he's a quadzilla type power back who also I thought looked pretty quick. But that's in shorts. I used to yeah. look quick in shorts, too. And then things change when you put pads on, you lose some okay. quickness. Happens. Um, Pierre Strong, I have no effing idea. I'll be honest with you. I don't I would not trust him in your mentality to say, give him the third down roll. Wouldn't trust him. I think we're going to stink. I don't think he I'm, I'm not sold that he's ready to do that. But I know Mike Reese had that report right out of college. Oh, This is the next James White. And
1: oh, no, 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 no. That wasn't his that was not his background in college. He did not. Oh, no, I know. He but that was Mike Reese's report in college. This is something I think, like you said, Andy, the old sort of red shirt running back. That to me has not necessarily been a traditional running back. I think that we've seen Bill Belichick use Lawrence Maroney, Stephen Ridley, um, Sony Michelle right away as ball carriers. Mm-hmm. Um, but where the, the red shirt comes is the Shane Vereen, the James White. You know, let's get them their feet wet, and I think Pierre Strong got that a little bit last year. So yeah, you're right. He did not have an extensive background as a, as a pass catcher in college. It's something he's developing. Um, And that's why I think it's, you know, a guy like Ty Montgomery being around sort of gives you some insurance there if it doesn't work out in, in that regard. But I, I just, Delvin cook to me, that's a, that's a big ticket item that I don't think really helps you when you want to transition into the bigger picture on the running backs, it's unfortunate because I do think a lot of them are valuable and especially the ones that can catch the ball the way like Austin Eckler can Alvin Kamara, you know, obviously Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey probably at the top of that list. Those guys provide a lot of value, but they also cannot possibly give you much in the way of certainty, you know, and their, their availability going forward, Barkley and McCaffrey miss as many games as they play. So how much are you going to be willing to pay for, for that. You know, like Fred brought up on our show yesterday, you know, what would you give for Saquon Barkley? And I said, nothing. And he laughed at me. I said, like, I did. I think he's a terrific player, but if I'm going to give you a first round pick for him or something significant, and then he plays five games, what do I get for that? And there's a good chance that that happens. So I, I feel for them. I think they're very talented guys. And I know, you're, you know, you're not that much younger than me, when we were growing up, Andy, you know, watching watching the NFL, you wanted to be the running back. You right. wanted to be number 32. You wanted to be Marcus Allen or whoever the you know the big running back was. Nowadays, it's the number one wide receiver or the quarterback. You know, it's right. one of those two. No one really wants to be the running back anymore. And I feel for them. I understand their play, but I don't think it's gonna go back anytime soon.
0: And I feel for them too. And I don't know whether the word is sympathize, empathize, whatever, but they have to live in the real world and the market sets your value. And I've heard people even say like, oh, owners need to fix this. Owners are practically colluding against running backs. No, they're not, they're doing business. And I, the comparison I made is like, teachers should be paid as much as Beyonce. Well, yes, in like this idealistic world, the people that are molding our future generations should be more highly valued. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. Like it the, 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 the system in place decides what you make and teachers get what they get and superstar entertainers get what they get. And the NFL has gone in direction. As you said, it's a passing league. So the guys that, and the passers and the pass catchers have been so protected that they are more surefire secure assets to invest in. Like they are real estate. Running backs are crypto. Could I make a lot of money with the running backs? Absolutely. Could I lose it all overnight? Absolutely. And, That's just, and they're also, no offense. The good ones are good. Like there's certain elite ones, but you can find running backs that will. We've lived it for twenty years in New England, where Mike Cloud, Jonas Gray, Robbie Abdullah. You're lining up some running back behind a good quarterback who's throwing to Rob Gronkowski or Randy Moss, and that guy can do his job well enough for us to compete and win. And so I do. I feel for them. I don't think the only answer. I think, and the the one thing I've and I've told you this for years i've always valued i think first round running backs more than others because that's value if you hit the first round running back he's gonna have a thousand yards as a rookie he's probably gonna have 1500 yards in the second year right like you you now have the core of your offense for a five-year span and the way the freaking franchise tag has gone make it a six or a seven-year span by i'll just slap the tag on him and i get seven years of a thousand yards a year and then i go Good luck. Tip my cap. Appreciate you. Love you. Mean it. See you elsewhere.
1: I totally agree with you, and I think that that's been a lot. That's gotten a lot of traction the last 24 hours. Is the problem is with the CBA? I don't think. I mean, listen. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of things that the players didn't do themselves any favors on in the CBA, but I don't really think that this is a huge one. Like, should they make an exception for one position because the wear and tear at that position is greater? I mean, mean, it's part of the game. It's just it's what you sign up for and. I think the key for your theory, if you're going to do the first round pick, you have to play the guy. You have right. to play it right away Um, and you have to get that, you know, th- th- that sort of production out of him. I disagree with you. We've had arguments about this going back forever. I would not use a, a first round pick on him and I would I would sacrifice that one extra year that you get um, just because I, th- I think that they're they're easy to find. I think you can get. The first round picks, look, and I'm really, really going to be curious to see Gibbs and Robinson this year, because I think they're really intriguing talents. I, you know, I see it. Um, see what they do. Are they going to be like Barkley and McCaffrey and, you know, flashes of brilliance, but durability concerns? Or will they be more like Derrick Henry? You know, I know not not the style, but constant year after year production, because Derrick Henry really, to me, is the only one, Andy, who he gets hurt sometimes, but the production never wanes. Now, I think he's finally probably gotten to that point now, but this is a long that's a long shelf life for a running back like that that's taken that amount of punishment.
0: He is Paul Perillo, Patriots Unfiltered This is Six Rings and Football Things. And the takeaway from our first segment, Paul Perillo says 0. 0.0 chance that betting favorite Dalvin Cook lands with the Patriots. I think I said I 0. To... 0. 0.1. Okay, 0.1. He already beep, 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 backed it up a little bit to cover his big old white hairy ass. And uh, now we're going to transition. That was vulgar. I'm sorry.